Hi, welcome back to the Common Sense Mental Health Podcast. Uh, my name is Carlos. I'm here with Timothy and Emma, and we're going to pick up this episode where we left off last week about boundaries. Um, but first, here's a little bit about our practice. So Common Sense Mental Health is a, it's, it's basically the overhead for a group of private providers, uh, licensed mental health counselors, social workers, uh, and we operate within our own practices and we provide uh, teletherapy throughout New York State. We also provide in-person therapy as well within the capital region. And all of our providers are competent in teletherapy. Uh, we specialize in video, phone, as well as text-based services. And some of our providers have their own practice that work with Common Sense. And in those practices, they may be overseeing uh, interns or um, sort of pre-licensed providers who are under limited permits. Uh, or something along those lines. Uh, but that is Common Sense Mental Health in a nutshell. Um, any questions, you're always welcome to reach out and ask, and we will be happy to answer. And we're back. So I think we're going to pick this up where we were last week. And I think, Tim, you had something you wanted to start us off with. Um, so I guess one thing I actually want to talk about, and this is more so for providers, although I think clients would benefit from listening to this too, um, setting boundaries with clients. And more when and you work with clients and how that plays out. I know we've talked about and this is partly why I we don't necessarily have to spend time on it today. We've already talked about like workplace boundaries and with supervisors and colleagues and we've done we talked about that I think in a few different episodes. But with clients, you know, what that looks like. Um yeah. Um before I jump in further, do you there anything that comes to mind for you, Emma? Uh, yeah, I'm actually kind of ashamed I didn't bring this up because like boundaries with clients is one of my favorite things. So I'm like sitting in a little bit of shame right now. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> like who even am I? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and I don't know if shame is called for, you know, but mm-hmm. anyway, we can, we can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but you yeah, know, but yeah, say, say more like what, yeah. What are you, what are you thinking of? I think that boundaries with clients are, I mean, have boundaries with clients and you're automatically helping them is kind of my perspective. And I know that that's a very like dramatic kind of statement. Um, but as, as providers in the helping profession, um, I think we can kind of fall into this mentality of like, Oh, I have to give everything to this client and that's how I'm going to help them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can give them everything that, you know, all of your skills for their hour mm-hmm. and then their hour is over and then you go and give everything to your next client. Um, and you know, there is that the asterisk there, like if it's a crisis situation, that's different. Um, boundaries have to be flexible in those situations. Um, but if it's just your standard session, there's an end time to session. And if you have a client that struggles to leave on time, you got to work that out. Whether it's, you know, giving the 10 minute warning and then the five minute warning, like whatever time intervals vibes with them, um, whether it's more behavioral and you have like some kind of a, you know, when I hold up my three fingers, that means that we have to blah, blah, blah. Um, whatever it is. And I think that that can be worked out pretty easily with clients. Um, but you're role modeling in that it's, mm. it's absolutely necessary. It's necessary for the client. It's necessary for you as the clinician who has likely more than one client that you're working with. Um, and it's role modeling how clients are going to be able to set boundaries with other people in their life. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I would. I, yeah, I think that makes total sense. Emma. And I think that's 
going back to where you started with that, that whole idea that, you know, we have to give more and more to help our clients. Like, I mean, that is, I've seen therapists fall into that policy so much and mm-hmm. it is so detrimental because right. If it not only is not actually going to provide them what you think it is and you're projecting your own personal stuff in that, right. You're, you're taking that into the therapy room and you know, oh, yeah. but on top of that, right. You're, you're likely going to harm your client if, if you mm-hmm. are at their beck and call, you know, like, and you're right. I mean, there's a difference between that and a, and a legitimate crisis where you might go over because you're wanting to ensure a safety plan or you've called over crisis. I mean, that's obviously different, right. but yeah, but I mean, but even in those cases, right. Coming up with, if you have a client that's chronically doing that in your sessions, how do you set boundaries while also maintaining safety? And can those things go hand in hand, which I think they can, but, you know, but yeah, you giving yourself away to that person. No, no, no. And you're right. It's, it's, I think you're, you're trying to role model this for the client. You're trying to maintain your own sanity and your own mental health. Another thing I would add to it. And again, this is an ideal of mine and I, I strive to do this. I think I do this. Um, I would love to be able to graph, you know, in terms of how often I self-disclose and how often I'm sort of in that more open, genuine space with a client and how much a client respects boundaries. For clients of, that I work with who are really great at boundaries, I open up a lot more in terms of clinical intervention. Like I will relate or I will share something that I think will help them. I'm more apt to use those interventions with them because I know that they can handle it essentially right. right it's not and again that's nothing personal but just like whatever clinical stuff that play whatever context that client is able to to navigate that um i have clients that i have clients that i never self-disclose to just because they they really would struggle with it they would take that and run with it they would you know they would not handle that well and it wouldn't be beneficial to them it'd be giving them right. too much um i wouldn't be i wouldn't feel safe in that they wouldn't be they wouldn't benefit from that um so that's one factor and there's i mean many factors we use in terms of self-disclosure, but that's one that if I could perfectly correlate that have so sort of like that sort of like reverse correlation, I would like, that's my goal, you know? Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh, that makes so much sense. That sounds like it would be really fun to do actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope I, I do that. I think I do, but, um, yeah. Yeah. And you want to add Carlos or? No, it's just, I have, I've had to set boundaries with clients myself. Being mm. the intake coordinator, practice manager, I see the clients first, or I hear, or I speak to the clients first. Um, and the biggest boundary I have to set is just like timing. Mm. Like we'll get a client yeah. that wants to get in the session tomorrow. Like I need to see this person. I need help. I need help. I need help. It's like I want to give you help. We can give you help, but we need a week to do it. There are things we need to do. You know, mm. we need paperwork. We need to check insurance. We make sure you're connected with our, you know, counselor. Um, so. Yeah, I've, I've had to do that. That's hard. Yeah, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think and that's and actually um, I was talking to someone earlier today who made this point um, that, you know, when people seek us out for help, they are in there, not always, but they're often in that crisis. right? Yeah. They're in that they're in the reason why they're coming to see us. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that probably waxes and wanes depending on the issue. So a week later, right, things may be a little bit better. Right. But in that moment, they're in it. And um, I think that is I mean, it's, it's such an important boundary that you're having to set, Carlos. And that's, I think, hard for you because you're an empathetic person and, and you know, mm-hmm. you, like you said, you want to give them help. Yeah. And, and it's hard for them because they, you know, we do got to get them set up. We do got to, you got to sign the informed consent and, you know, so-and-so yeah. isn't, doesn't have an opening until next week or um, you're going to say something though. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that if, if they're in such a bad place where they can't wait a week to get into a session with us, they probably need a different level of care. That is a very yes. good point. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, what, and what I would say is, 
and tell me if this makes sense. I think often that's the case. I think it also depends on some context. And I know we've had cases where we have gotten them in quickly, mm -hmm. right? Usually though, that's someone who's referring in house, right? We have someone who's referring to someone else. Right. And they already, you know, so it's like, we already know the person, we know what's going on. Um, yeah. You know, and I think our providers have been flexible with each other to try to get someone in sooner than later. That's totally fine. But I think you're right, Carlos, that often that can, that can be indicative of, all right, you might need a higher level of care, at least to start with, and then coming to us or going to a private practice would be right. ideal. Um, yeah. There's also crisis lines, right? So that's another thing is that, um, and that's a really important boundary. I know we all set with our clients, especially since I know in our practice, we have the secure texting portal and we use that for yeah. the through, mm -hmm. uh, uh, G Suite. Um, so we have to you know, be very careful with that and clients knowing that, no, like if you message me, I may not respond right away. Right. And if there's a crisis, this is not the place to send the yeah, message. It's all over our website, like over and over. Oh, over. Everywhere. We are not a crisis line. Yeah. And I, I've even had to provide crisis um, line numbers to clients before. Yeah. Because like it, they were in that situation and yeah. it's, it's, um, it's stressful. <laughs> yeah. Because then, Absolutely. because then like, we're, we're in the situation where what we were trying to avoid, where like, you know, now another person's life is literally in my hands. Yeah. If I didn't, if I don't get them that number or if I don't get them help like right then and there, yeah. like if I don't redirect them, not, yeah. you know, if I don't help them, yeah. I don't redirect them properly. Yeah. Well, we see that's like, and I, again, I'm liking how you're describing that because you're getting at some of the differences there, right? Yes. You're, you're acknowledging your role and how important it is that if someone's coming to you in crisis, you're supporting them. Mm -hmm. You've given them those supports and resources. You're not trying to act like that support and resource that you're not, mm -hmm. you know, like that's like, but again, this is what people I think go astray and where people struggle is that they, um, you know, that they, they basically try to take that on. They don't think about that or they think that, well, there's other, this is again, very dysfunctional with some therapists. Um, well, this other person, they're not going to get my client. Valid. You have a working relationship with your client, and yes, you probably get each other way better than they're going to get. You know, than the crisis hotline person is going to get them. That's valid, but to the extent that you're not going to provide that reason, I guess just like there's, I think, lots of dysfunctional beliefs and things that maybe aren't even acknowledged that come up. But that person yeah. tries to act as that. That provider tries to act as that that thing, uh -huh. and they're not. You know, and I mean, it's important for you, Carlos, right? Because you're the intake coordinator, but you're not a trained crisis person, you know? Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. Um, but I think even Carlos maintaining that boundary from the beginning is so necessary because I had two thoughts. One of the thoughts was, you know, if you are in crisis, yeah, you need a higher level of care for the immediacy piece. Um, but then the other piece is what am I teaching the client? A contact demand. Uh, well, that's too strong. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of like the Karen meme, I think. Um, but kind of coming in saying like, I need this now. And if we just say, oh, okay, we'll go against our policy and give you this now. What have I validated for that person? Right. Right. That if I make enough of a stink, I'll get the thing that I want or feel like I need. Mm -hmm. Well, is that functional for the world that we live in? And that's not to say that we should always only adhere to the world we live in because there are so many societal issues that really need to be improved. And so like, going outside the box is necessary in those situations, but we're not, we do not function in a world where we can get that immediate gratification. Yeah. So yep. we need to be able to sit with it. Yep. So like having it started with Carlos as intake is so helpful, even for all of the therapists that are getting these clients after. Cause then we're just reiterating about, we're maintaining the boundary. I guess 
has already been sent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's oh, thanks, Carlos. No problem. I feel so <laughs> special now. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I definitely try and keep that boundary, especially when it comes to um, like weekends and after hours. I don't, I don't, I try not to send any emails to clients after hours. I try not to send any emails to clients during the weekend. And that's just because then they will think to expect that from their provider or from, from me in the future. If I like decide, oh, uh, it's a Saturday, but I can do some work. And then like next week, a client be like, will send me an email on Friday, you know, at six o'clock and expect it, you know, expect me to get back to them immediately because yeah. I decided to work on a Saturday randomly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's very easy. <laughs> what? I, something I, just like flew by our window. Something just flew away. I I don't know what that was. <gasps> oh, it might have been our um the mat on one of the tables. Oh, I think it might have been. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, no. Yeah. So we have we have a deck outside of where we live, and um, yeah, I think that probably was what that was. I mean, I, whatever. We'll get it afterwards. Um, but uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just for those listening right now, we're kind of in the middle of like this like weird windstorm. Is it still doing that where you are, Emma? It's calmed down a lot. It's still raining and there's still some movement, but it's not like that hammering it was doing on the windows before. I think we're on the verge of the hammering. It's yeah. like it's picking up right now. Oh, have fun. It's made its way here. Yeah. Mm. I, it's actually some of my favorite type of weather. Yeah. Oh, me too. I love this. When I'm not shooting a podcast, I love yes. it. <laughs> when I'm shooting a podcast, it's noisy. It's terrible. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I guess the, well, let me ask before I, again, I have one other thing I just want to share, but before I switch into that, any additional thoughts with any of this? No, I'm good. No, take thing. it away. Um, well, all we can do is probably do one last break. Have you do that oh, final thoughts and okay. then wrap it up. Okay. Cool. We'll be back. All right. So today we're going to spotlight one of our therapists, uh, Jennifer uh, Cardamone. Cardamone. I'm saying that correctly. Cardamone, yeah. Yep. Uh, she is a uh, licensed master social worker and uh, she specializes in uh, family systems as well as systematic barrier, societal uh, issues facing clients, um, as well as she also works with substance use and takes a, uh, a uh, harm reduction approach with her clients. Um, she's very, very personable and is very much Again, I say this about a lot of our therapists, but it's true. She's also a believer in that the, ther- the, not the therapist, the client is the best expert in their own life and in their own issues. And she really works with her clients to establish joint goals, to establish joint goals. I cannot talk this morning. It's okay. Oh my gosh. No worries. <laughs> uh, establish joint goals and, um, and, uh, really put, put them in sort of the, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, driver's seat with, in terms of their therapy and their work. Um, again, re- really great to work with. Highly recommend her. Um, and she's currently taking clients. Um, she's currently taking self-pay as well as out-of-network clients. All right, we are back. And so I just want to point out, I don't know if I've shared this in previous episodes, that whenever we come back from a break, and usually I'm the one, I guess, that's like bringing us back, uh, Carlos and Emma just have a feel with this. <laughs> And they, they giggle and like, and even just now when I went to go have us for Zoom, you know, Carlos, you, and I, so I'm going to set a boundary here. So you, you, um, you know, did the whole, oh, we're back. Like you whisper it really quickly just to throw me off. Um, and I'm just pointing that out. Um, it, it's not, it's not helpful. I apologize. I will try my best not to do it anymore. Okay. Sorry. It's Okay. Um, see, that's how you said about, no, actually, I'm all serious. I'm not, I'm, uh, and I'm not, I'm not that, that, um, 
it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not that serious. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, just want, just to make that, I think, yeah, if we're a little bit giggling, we come back from these things, that's, that's what's happening here. Um, so the last thing I want to, I guess, bring up, and we kind of went into some of this earlier, but, um, kind of building off of that, how to set boundaries, like what, like what is, you know, what are good ways to do that? Um, you know, we, we talked about that again in the professional sense, but in general, what are effective ways of setting boundaries? And if someone is really struggling with that, what are our options? How do we deal with that? Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Are you asking or are you, I'm just, I'm putting it out there. Yeah. Well, assertiveness is key. Um, and so is being clear. Um, if I'm trying to set a boundary, but I'm tiptoeing around it, maybe, it can be a lot more difficult for the person I'm setting the boundary with to even know what the heck is happening. Um, and as I say this, I will also totally acknowledge how challenging it can be, depending on the boundary you're setting. Because I something I'm aware of with myself is I can in my personal life, not so much in my professional life, but in my personal life, I can have kind of a passive personality and communication style. Um, professionally, again, I, I maintain a lot of assertiveness, um, which is probably why my boundaries are more respected professionally than they are personally, as a fun side note for everybody. Um, but if it's clear, people know what they're at least attempting to adhere to. Um, I could just keep on rambling on, but I'm going to pause so then other people can also. Um, for, <laughs> um, for me, the biggest thing is um, a lot of people automatically um, go into the nervous, like laughing explanation thing mm. where like you're laughing, but you're kind of joking around. So you <laughs> stop that. Da, 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 da. Like someone might think you're kidding that you're just kidding around with them. They won't know to take it seriously. So like if you truly are trying to set a boundary, try and be as serious as possible. Mm. Don't make it a joke. Mm. Because at the end of the day, like, it's like what we were talking about earlier. Like, you can't read, I can't read your mind, you can't read my mind. Right, right. And if I want something to stop, I need to, yeah, clearly yeah, say it. You need to make that clear. I mean, one thing that could be helpful um, for the other person in that, right? So if you're, you know, doing something and, and the person that you're with is, yeah, kind of having that reaction and you're, you're thinking they're kidding, it could be helpful for that person to check in with that. And I think you're right. I think it is on that person to be clear. Um, but it, but it can be helpful to check in with that and say, wait, are you, are, you, are we good? Or are we, you know, is there, is there, is there something that's actually yeah. coming up here? What are you going to say? Uh, I was just going to say, cause we've been talking this entire podcast from the perspective of people placing the boundaries or yeah. protecting their boundaries. Yes. We have not even touched on people who are going over the boundaries. Yes. Okay. Until now. <laughs> yeah. It's yes. like, yes, people should try and be aware. Yes. Um, if someone's trying to set a boundary with you, it'll help to check in. It will help to respect yep. it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I just know that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I think ultimately, I, and this kind of ties into what I think what I what I was sharing earlier, you know, for me, it goes back to, you know, what is the goal and ultimately what needs to happen to attain that goal in terms of, all right, I'm setting a boundary. I'm, I need to be clear about that boundary. I know how to word it. I'm going to say it. And then at that point, if there are the whys and the, you know, and people really struggling with that, being able to, and I talk about this with clients too, in terms of even having like a script, having like a set 
thing that you're going back to um, and, and basically going back to, and again, whatever your own words are, but going back to along the lines of, well, you know, I'm saying this boundary. Maybe you decide to give an explanation in that. Maybe you don't. But once you give that, you say, you know, I, I, I know I've said this with you previously and I'm having to do this again. Um, it's really frustrating that I'm having to do this again. And it's going to come to a point where, you know, we might have to communicate less because, you know, I keep saying this boundary and, and you're not, you know, I don't feel like I'm being listened to. Um, yeah. And, you know, or whatever. Again, that, that can vary based on the context, but basically kind of outlining the boundary again and that, you know, you might need to take a different course because, right, you're not going to spend time saying it 18 times. You shouldn't have to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, scripts, I think, you know, scripts can be helpful in relationships and communication in general, but especially with this, like, okay. I'm a big fan of that. I'm just going back to that same. And the person yeah. who's infringing on the boundary might get annoyed with that. Like, well, you, you said that already. I did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm tired. I'm right. It sounds like we're both tired with that, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. I, <laughs> Is this the, think about that for a second. Right. There's a solution to that. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. So that's, you know, so that might happen. But, yeah, it's like, you know, yeah. But, yeah, I think that's that's where it's really, you know, it's hard where people, again, feel that need to, you know, feel that need to or they feel like they owe that explanation. And then we get lost in that battle. You know, I think okay. we kind of stay out of that as much as we can, even if you have shared the why at some point. Um you know, I think it is important to keep it very succinct and going back to what you said, Carla, it's very clear. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I, I, I know sometimes it can be hard to even like try and make it clear. Well, for me, I guess there are certain situations where I won't even bother to try and set a boundary. I'll just completely, you know, not disassociate and I'll like disconnect from someone. Mm. Like I, I don't even want to bother wasting the energy to set the boundary. It's like, I will just stop hanging out with you or I will stop talking to you. Mm. Um, and yeah. <laughs> I like how Emma's uh, uh, face is like, yeah, <laughs> I do that. Uh, yep. So like if you're- I, And I'm also <laughs> smiling because I literally have a little post-it note here of <laughs> a note that I wanted to make sure I addressed here and it's- Do it. Verbatim, you aren't obligated to communicate the boundaries all the time. Actions <laughs> also speak. So like, exactly, if somebody <laughs> is- And I think back in particular to a, um, previously I worked in substance use and I had a client who was being like very triggered. His previous dealer was contacting him. And I said, well, you know, you're not necessarily obligated to communicate the boundary to this person if they don't have a role in your life other than your dealer. You can just lock him. And for my client, it was this moment of like, oh my God, I can. Because he was trying to work himself up to responding to the dealer and setting the boundary that, you know, I'm working on my recovery and I'm not interested in your services or you know whatever and he had such a huge sense of relief that like oh I can just be done I can close that mm-hmm. door and if it's a toxic kind of a, a situation yeah it can just end yeah. yeah you can just go yeah yeah that is hard to do and again we're talking about this it's hard to do the, the in terms of just like cutting that off right like just like uh-huh. locking that's so funny what this for me is so easy it's just yeah. like I, I have very it is easy for you I have very low tolerance for a lot of bullshit and I just if I'm not vibing or if I'm not feeling it like you'll yeah it, it's very clear like I just I'm I'm done I check out I'm, I'm good don't talk to me don't look at me like yeah. <laughs> it's so easy like it's kind of scary because yeah because that, that's happened and it's like you know and it's like nope there's no follow up at that point there, there, there will be later yeah. maybe but no that's, that's you're done yeah. like it's, it's over yeah yeah uh-huh. 
Um, yeah, no, but I think it is, it's hard, right? It's hard for some of us. Um, it's hard <laughs> for some of us to, to, I think, do that. And yeah, and I think, you know, we're talking about this too in the context of, and, and like how you, how you put that up. Like in that case, it sounds like he, this person didn't really feel threatened by their deal or they just felt like they, you know, owed they them something. Owed them something or, they, you know, they cared about the perception or, you know, I think we're talking about in that context. I mean, again, I'm thinking like, for example, uh, domestic violence. That's right. a whole other ball game, right? Oh, and, yeah. and setting boundaries may be very dangerous, right? If you yeah. just go up to that person and say, so I want to just, you know, we, in, you know, yeah, we didn't really get into that in this episode, but I, I want to make sure that we're acknowledging that, that like there are situations where the rule book is very different because there's yeah. a matter of safety, there's forces at play, um, you know, and I think also too, it's, it's, it is hard because we're all coming at this, I think, from our own experiences. And I think going back to the societal layers, you know, someone who's navigating less privilege or who's navigating, you know, for example, someone who's navigating uh, 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 systemic racism that, you know, you and I, Emma, have never had to endure and we don't endure currently and that we're actually a part of, um, that for that individual, right, setting boundaries, there's a whole other set of things that, that comes with that because of what yeah. they're facing and because of people like us and because of the systems that we have in play. Um, so I just want to acknowledge that too, because we're coming at this, I think from, like I said, from our own experiences with this, um, yeah. you know, and yeah. Um, yeah. Any additional thoughts on that though? As I'm no. saying that? No, I think it's a totally appropriate note to make. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, so I think it, 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 really, it very much depends on context, but I think going back to, okay, what are my needs? Are, is there a way, right? Is there a way to express those needs safely, to communicate them and, you know, and then kind of going from there. And if there isn't, then I think, you know, if we're looking at this as sort of like a tree diagram or whatever, then it goes off into this, into these other areas. Well, what are the barriers? What are the things that are really prohibiting me from being able to do that? And that's important to know and to start there. Cause I think what happens with all of this almost, it comes, becomes almost like counterintuitive if we're talking about setting boundaries and we put it all on that person, then it becomes a matter of self-judgment and shame. Well, I haven't set boundaries. Yeah. Well, you couldn't because it wasn't safe to do so. Yeah, but I still yeah. could have. It's, it's like, well, no, like there's there's reasons why you didn't. And it's yeah. not just because you were not good at communication or that you were lazy or, no, it's because there were forces at play that made it difficult or impossible to do that. Self-preservation. And there's self-preservation, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Safety has to come first. Yeah. 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 Um, this, I mean, there's so many other branches of this that we could be talking about and go off right. on. It was so hard at first, and then all of a sudden we're in it, and like, <laughs> <laughs> right? We should though, based on our time, yes, we should we yes. should wrap it up. Um, Before we wrap up, though, let's just um, do one last thing to check out, and then we'll say goodbye. What what thing is that? Well, I want to see if you guys had any like funny or interesting stories where you needed to set boundaries. Oh. Oh. I have one if you want to. If you, if, unless Emma wants to, if you don't mind starting, because I know I have one, I just have yeah. to think of it. Right. Same, yeah, Carlos first. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess, I don't know if it's really a boundary. It's just something that happens and it's created a, um, it's created a boundary out of it. So <laughs> anyway, so one time Tim and I were on a road trip. Oh my Lord. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Right in. <laughs> so Tim and I went on a, we're on a road trip and we were oh, eating fast food and he was driving and I was in the passenger seat and I'm eating my food. And in one, in the bag in front of me, I have like my French fries that I'm still eating. Tim like scarfs down his, whatever he was eating proceeds to throw 
his garbage into the bag where my fries are. <laughs> and I just look at him like disgusted. Like I was like still eating. And again, it was one of those situations where I thought he knew I was eating. So it made me even more mad because it's like common sense. I'm just eating my food and you're going to throw your garbage in here. But he had no uh-huh. idea. So I take it. I take the wrapper out of the bag and I throw it right at his head. So like, and I'm just giving him this death glare. Like you did not just do that. From that moment on, I kid you not, he will never <laughs> ever throw. Oh yeah. In a, like a garbage bag in front of me at all. Like he would, he, yeah, it always oh comes up. Oh, my God. Up. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll have the fast food bag like in front. And clearly there's trash in there. Like clearly there's like an old cup. And I'll go, oh, uh, Carlos, is that is that for trash? Can I can I put that in there? I'm like, really <laughs> like, so, like am I, is that correct? Yeah, like, no, you're correct. Like, so that made me think of, we watched The Office and... Uh, there's a scene where like um, Michael really impresses Jan, his girlfriend, and she like kind of like smirks and like nods her head. So anytime he like double checks with me, I'm like, yep, very good. Oh very my good. God. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it created its own boundary. Yeah. That is so funny. Yeah. yeah, that was when we we um we had first started dating. That yeah. was not that wasn't long into our relationship. No. And I remember I think that was the first time I saw that look. I've seen it several <laughs> times since. But um, that was the first time I had seen that he look. Likes, yeah. And um and yeah, and I was like, oh shit. Like I was like, oh my god. I was so bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. my fantastic example. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what about you guys? Anything? That did actually trigger one for me. Um, Not at all surprisingly, it is food related. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So, again, I can see where it comes from, but Rob and I, when we were first dating, um, I don't remember where we were eating, but we, like, we went out for dinner, and I think it was, like, a nicer dinner, so it was fancy. Mm -hmm. Colleagues get fancy, so, like, I don't know the cooler Olive Garden or something. Uh, But um, we had gone out to dinner and he just reached his fork on over and tried a bite of my meal, which I know people do this. (laughs) I am aware that people do this. It is one of the things that infuriates me. (laughs) I am very food possessive. I mean, I'm like possessive with my stuff anyway, Mm -hmm. classic middle child, but food especially, I'm like, a little extra with it actually <laughs> and he's just like put his fork over and took it and I, I probably gave a similar look that you gave Tim Carlos yeah, and I just glared at him and it was like <laughs> you don't take my food without asking <laughs> and you'd think that he would respond like Tim and just like oh no get it yeah. he still doesn't always he'll just like actually oh. just a few days ago I have my little container of almonds and I walk in and he has a handful of almonds very clearly an almond in his mouth <laughs> and looks very guilty and goes can I have some of your almonds and uh, so it's a boundary that we have to reestablish from time to time yeah it's loosened with quarantine because he's like well there's not a lot of food in the house and it's just like Mm-mm. <laughs> I don't want you to starve but I still need you to ask first so still check in please <laughs> absolutely yeah because I always say yes mm-hmm. but I just like I, I just need to know yeah. I don't know yeah that's fair yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, it's funny because like I'm thinking of some stories, but they're not actually they're not really that funny, um, <laughs> you know. But um, no, like I'm I'm thinking about. Um, I don't know, like, and probably yeah, there's probably funny ones with us. Probably. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I'm 
I actually thought of one as well, just to jump in with us. So I am thinking back, this is actually back to when I was like a teenager. So I remember um, there was a time where <laughs> I, I forgot what we were doing, but basically I had this friend of mine stay over. We were doing like a sleepover at my, at my house at that time. And I remember this person, and to this day, we're still close friends and he's not the best with boundaries. Um, uh-huh. we've, we've had dynamics. Carlos knows him. Um, again, great friend of mine, but, and, um, you know, we have our back and forth. So anyway, so he, uh, was pushing for me to stay up later and later and later and to stay up with him. And one of his things that he would complain about us growing up and he still does it now, like even when we're, you know, doing like, you know, a call of duty over uh, telephone or whatever, he'll, um, he'll make fun of me for going to bed at a reasonable time. And this is somebody who stays up, stays up fairly late half the time. Um, well, you get, you get tired. It's like 1130. I'm like, yeah, I'm tired. Like anyway, so um, he will, uh, he was doing this this particular night. We were again, maybe like in high school at some point. And, um, sure enough, I finally get a second wind, right? It gets to be, you know, one or two, you know, <laughs> one two o'clock in the morning and he passes out. I kid you not. I took one of my pillows that I had cause I was like sleeping on like the floor. He had like the bed or whatever. I took my pillows and I beat him with that pillow <laughs> so hard over and over. And I'm like, wait the fuck. And I just like went off on him and. Granted, he, he had a sense of humor about it. He was really great about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, oh, I'm tired. And I'm like, no, you're not. And I just like went, and I'm like, I'm wide awake now. You're getting up. Like, no, you, so we're going down together. This kind of a thing. So anyway, so that that's a funny story I think of. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to do that too. Yeah, I would not be Oh, happy. you would be, yeah. I would be so mad. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of sleep, again, then we can end. Um, but uh I know we've talked about this recently, um, sleeping dynamics where uh, you um, hog the bed and hog blankets. Um, so Okay. Um, I do not hog the bed, as I have previously stated. You like to sleep on like the smallest bit of the bed so far away from me. Like we have a queen size bed and you would think we have like a California king or something. That's how far away he sleeps from me. So like if I'm taking up a lot of the bed is because I'm trying to get closer to you to cuddle. Which, that's valid. That's valid. Sometimes I need a little bit of airflow. Right. And I need a little bit of, you know. <laughs> a little bit of airflow. <laughs> but, but I'll wake up and like, I'm like literally hanging off the bed. Like I, I've woken up with like my hand on on the uh, bed stand and I'm like kind of half off of it and I look over and he's got all the blankets and he's like right there and I'm like, bro, you need to move over. Like, I'm sorry. we can, you know, cuddle all night but like you we need to like go to the center of the bed like this is like this is too much um so, funny. so i guess that's another funny story i guess i had too well, if you didn't start off at the edge of the bed it would be fine <laughs> anyway. whenever i try to do that with rob he to be fair he's sleeping but he always elbows me in the face oh my god <laughs> it's a very good way to learn to not, not cuddle too much in the night i did that to you the other night I don't know if you remember. Uh, Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I, I knocked you right in the face and I felt so bad. No, I don't remember. And you were passed out. Yeah, yeah I'm a heavy sleeper. Yeah. Anyway. On that that's note. Good. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a good one. Good place to end. Great ending spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. All right. We'll pick right. this up next week. That sounds good. Sounds pick it up good. next week. All right, guys. Bye. 
So thank you once again for listening. Have a great week. And please don't forget to check us out at www.commonsensemh.com. If you're looking for services or to learn more about our providers, we can also be found on Instagram and that's at commonsensemh. Uh, That is our handle on uh, Instagram. And uh, yeah, so you can contact us at uh, intake at commonsensemh.com. You can reach out over email uh, and we look forward to working with you. 